0: Hello, and welcome to the Astrology Witch Podcast. I'm your host, Jana, and today we will be discussing the three ways, I think I've actually added one, so (laughs) maybe it's four now, but the main ways uh, that you can actually predict the future using astrology. Uh, And there are major methods you can use to actually predict things in a person's chart, and those things are horary astrology, Hermetic lots, also known as Arabic parts. Zodiacal releasing and annual profections. I know many people, especially people who are afraid of or against astrology, see it as fortune telling. But actually, there are really a few major methods of trying to predict things within astrology. And they're not simply reading a person's birth chart the chart in and of itself doesn't necessarily predict anything more than a set of circumstances or predispositions. And if you want to use astrology as a form of divination or be one step ahead of the themes within your life, using the planets and the stars, these astrological concepts and techniques are essential. So let's get started. So the first one, horary astrology, uh, This is the first method that you're going to be most familiar with. And you might not realize that you probably already know more about horary astrology than you think. That said, you know it by those things you've been reading your entire life called horoscopes. Although horoscopes, as we know them today, predict how our day will go, horary astrology is a branch of astrology which specifically seeks to answer questions. So, like, there are many astrologers out there who offer this as a service where you can get a horary reading. God, it's such a ridiculous word. Um, And you can basically ask them a question, and an astrologer will seek to answer that question uh, by using astrology as a form of divination. And how we do this is by generating a horary chart for the exact time a question is received. The answer could be a simple yes or no, but typically can offer a lot more insights than that. Often, the motives of the person answering the que- or sorry asking the question, any other people that might be involved and available options also show up in the chart as well. And the person asking the question, often referred to as the quarant, is represented by the ruler of the sign the first house falls on in the horoscope, so in the chart. Uh, aspects to the houses and the planetary rulers of those houses are very important. So the lunar nodes, the moon, and the lots, also known as the Arabic parts, are also very often considered depending on what type of astrologer you're dealing with. And a horary chart is read by assigning the question asked to a specific house in the chart. So for example, if you're asking a question about your romantic partner, the question will be represented in the seventh house as it deals with relationships. And it's technically known as the house of marriage traditionally. Um, If it was like a really early relationship, you might use the fifth house. So we then look at the horary chart and see what sign is ruling the seventh house in this example and what planet rules that sign. The planet indicated there is considered the significator of your partner in the reading. The state of that planet in the horary chart will give insights into the state of your partner and its placement can really help us understand what's going on there. Depending on the astrologer, they might choose to employ a specific house system, but more often astrologers doing horary readings will divide the chart into 12 using quadrant-based houses. I typically use whole sign houses because horary is an ancient astrology technique, and I like to use the house system they would have used to employ it back then because it's just using a technique within the context that that system was built out of if that makes sense. Everything is assigned to a house. It's planetary ruler and sign ruler, and this is essential for understanding the context of the answer to the question that's been asked. So this is a quick breakdown by house of what each house could indicate in a horary reading. The first house typically represents the person asking the question and their appearance and mental state, while the second house represents their finances, possessions, and values. The third house is siblings, neighbors, short travel, and communications, while the fourth house is all about parents, your home, and property. The fifth house is all about children, love affairs, and new relationships, games, creativity, gambling, sex, romance, fun, and entertainment, The uh, and also creative endeavors, uh, projects. Uh, the sixth house deals with illness disease sickness health pets daily routines work and employees or subordinates the seventh house reigns over relationships partnerships marriage and business agreements as well as open enemies or opponents so i mean like if you had a business competitor and you were asking a question about them this is kind of the house you would look at as well the eighth house is about death fears anxiety investments and inheritances and legacies The ninth house is all about long-distance travel, foreigners in foreign lands, universities, and higher education students, visions, dreams, religion, philosophies, worldview, and spiritual journeys. The 10th house rules career, government uh, figures or people of authority, public reputation, personal goals, status, and royalty. The 11th house is all about friendship and social groups and causes, hopes wishes dreams innovation humanity and it's also known as the house of good fortune the sixth house is known as the house of bad fortune Um, and finally the 12th house deals with secrets hidden enemies hidden motives hidden desires secret affairs imprisonment madness magic and witchcraft and self-undoing it so if you have any uh understanding of the house significations in astrology, then you kind of are familiar with these house concepts and topics already, probably. There's also a concept called planetary dignity and reception, which is often employed here. For example, planets at a particular degree will express a sign's purest qualities, problematic issues, or might be considered more faded. Planets could be retrograde, signs land in a debilitating house, or otherwise They might be functioning more or less favorably in the position they're in in the horary chart. On top of that, we can look at how each planet in the chart sees one another or aspects another well or not so well. For example, Mars and Taurus and Venus and Scorpio would be in mutual reception because Mars traditionally rules Scorpio, where Venus traditionally rules Taurus. And they're slightly reversed here. So even though technically these placements are in what we call their detriment, they receive each other favorably. And this is just a quick breakdown of horary and obviously a very simplified explanation, but it's a good starting point if you want to understand what it really means when we refer to horary astrology or horary charts or predictions. And if you want an entire episode on horary, then let me know and I'll make that happen. Otherwise, it's pretty easy to look up online and Again, it's the concept you're probably most familiar with when we think of things like horoscopes. The next major method is lots in astrology. So hermetic lots, also known as Arabic parts in astrology. Have you ever heard the phrase, uh, that's just my lot in life? It's the saying that comes from this concept in astrology, which is used to determine someone's fate in certain areas of life. The lots, as they're more often called, refer to sensitive points calculated within a person's chart and the lots are a very ancient astrological technique that even predates the greeks and romans some sources say it can be traced back to babylon egypt persia or hermetic Uh, in either case this technique has been used for thousands of years by many different astrological traditions and cultures and in many traditional astrological chart readings these lots were really essential to chart interpretation Um, But they're less used in modern practices, which is something that I think we're sort of reclaiming in uh, a lot of current astrological communities as we sort of move back to traditional practices. The most common Arabic parts or lots are fortune, spirit, and arrows. Those are the ones you'll have a really easy time finding calculations or calculators for free for online. But there are also the lots and parts of necessity, commerce, fatality, courage, victory, nemesis, basis, exaltation, father, mother, siblings, children, sons, daughters, marriage for men, marriage for women, debt, theft, treachery, leaving home, accusation, and destroyer. And... Over the centuries, there have been hundreds of Arabic parts or lots used with all different kinds of calculations. But essentially, they're points on the ecliptic, calculated by taking the longitudinal distance between two planets or houses and calculating it from the ascendant or midheaven, respectively. Astrologers will sometimes calculate day and night charts differently with slightly varying calculation methods, but it depends on the astrology or their tradition and house system that they use, etc., To save time, we're only going to focus on the first three, which are usually the ones people are most interested in anyway. So since Lot of Fortune, I feel is the one that people end up being most interested in, and it actually is sort of the focal point between these three. I'm going to tell you briefly how to calculate it if you want to do that yourself. Although again, it's so much easier to just use online technology, which will calculate it for you. In a day chart, the Lot of Fortune is calculated by taking the distance in degrees from the sun to the moon, and then adding that distance to the degrees of the ascendant. In a night chart, you start with the moon and determine the degrees from the moon to the sun, then add that number to the degrees of the ascendant. We typically use algebraic equations to determine this, but don't worry. Again, modern conveniences will generate all of your lots for you, so you never have to think about them so much. So the three main lots, fortune, spirit, and arrows. The lot of fortune or the Arabic part of fortune typically notes a person's key or path to success. It indicates your material fortune and is a huge indicator for the person's most optimal source of success and prosperity in the world. The lot of spirit or the Arabic part of spirit examine intellectual and spiritual influences which animate and bring a person to life. And their soul and spirit will indicate their motivations for success in this world or lack thereof. A person might have a very lucky lot placement with very little lot of spirit motivating them, for example, and their motivations could be diverted elsewhere. The lot of spirit is great to examine alongside the lot of fortune because it indicates how, the how and why for achieving it. The lot of spirit can also help point us to our spirit guides and what their character and essence might be for examining the sign, the placement, and the planetary ruler And that can indicate a lot about what and who our guides are in this life, um, which can be great when we go into doing things like um, maybe astral projection or path workings or meditation. The law of Eros indicates things that are pleasing to your spirit, typically romantic relationships, but it's a lot more than that. It's the things that make you happy, the things you enjoy or that entertain you. And namely the things that you choose out of your own free will. Is sometimes it can indicate our hobbies and interests, our type when it comes to romantic partners, or even friendships or things that occupy and entertain our minds. Your lots will land in specific houses, so you'll be able to determine which area of life you should focus on in order to achieve material success, fulfillment, to find love, to motivate yourself, and this all depends on which lot you're exploring Aspects formed with the lot will help you determine the influence of planets within your chart and whether those influences are benefiting you or hindering you and how to best work with them. The sign and planetary ruler of the lot will also play a role in determining a person's path to success, love, fulfillment, motivation, etc. Obviously, that is very simplified, but I am trying very hard to keep this succinct so that we can keep this episode not a thousand years long because there's so much detail that can go into it but if you are curious about it i recommend like AstroSeek or astro.com there are also like zodiacal releasing a lot of fortune like arabic parts websites where they specifically talk about it you can also google it if you want and i'm sure there's youtube videos about it as well uh the astrology podcast is probably the most valuable resource i would use um Chris Brennan is an absolute treasure in the astrological community, and he talks about all of these topics more in depth than I ever could. Okay, so zodiacal releasing is another method that we use uh, to predict things in astrology. And zodiacal releasing is an ancient Hellenistic time lord technique, which times the activation of certain areas of life in a person's chart. And it is called zodiacal releasing because you release the significator or planet and sign it's in from its fixed position so like if we think of your chart as a fixed picture uh think of your planet and sign in that house being activated and it's activated for a set number of years It essentially divides a person's life into chapters where we can time things like career, relationship, health, and other focuses in life down to peaks and transitions where, uh, you know, one thing is more in sharp focus that year than something else, which might not be as important to them. And we can predict which periods would be most likely to be positive or negatively experienced and use this information to inform how best to traverse these periods to be most advantageous or otherwise weather the challenges. So to calculate zodiacal releasing periods, we have to calculate the lots of fortune, spirit, and arrows. So I kind of go with the previous discussion about lots, but this expands upon it. Uh, You would then check what signs the lots land in and use the lots to decide which area of life you want to focus on. So as I previously said, lot of fortune focuses on career and material success, including our health and body. And spirit focuses on our drive and motivation and includes overall life direction. Eros is obviously more focused on pleasure and love, including marriage and relationships. So each zodiac sign will be attributed a certain number of years. Aries and Scorpio are 15 years. Taurus and Libra are 8 years. Gemini and uh, Virgo are 20. Cancer is 25. Leo is 19. Sagittarius and Pisces are 12. Capricorn is 27. And Aquarius is 30 years. The sign your lot falls in will be activated for the number of years associated with that sign. And when that sign ends, the next sign in zodiacal order will be activated. So, for example, if you're studying the lot of fortune and it falls in Aries, which has recently been activated, it would be a period that lasts for 15 years. And when it ends, it would move into the sign of Taurus and last for eight years. This process continues to happen for a person's entire life, cycling through their chart and through the signs, activating various areas of life. For clarity, when you look up your zodiacal releasing periods online, there will be lists where level one refers to the general period of years, level two releasing uh, refers to month periods, level three is weeks of two and a half days, and level four is days of five hours. Kind of confusing, but um, you can calculate your zodiacal releasing online on several websites, as I said, including astroseek.com or astro.com. Um, and obviously there's more to zodiacal releasing than this but it's a quick breakdown to get you familiar with a very complex concept that I am honestly still learning myself and if you want an entire episode on it let me know and I'll do my best to make that happen okay so the final uh, major method for prediction in astrology is annual perfections Annual perfections are another ancient Hellenistic timing technique, and this is one I often use to help understand what the overall themes and focuses for my year will be uh, at the beginning of a new year. And when using annual perfections, each year we have something called a time lord, also known as a planetary ruler, which will be the planet that rules the sign of the house that has been activated for that year in a person's chart. And I know it sounds complicated, but it's actually the easiest uh, concept of any of these methods to grasp, in my opinion. It's very easy, once you generate your chart, you'll kind of get it. So at the beginning of a person's life, the first house or the rising sign is immediately activated. So you can actually use this to see what the Time Lord is for the year you're in now quite easily. All you have to do is count from your rising starting at zero and go around your chart until you get to your age and then you'll see what house is currently being perfected. So see what planet rules that sign and that will be your time lord for the next year until your next birthday. And if math is not your strong suit, there are plenty of online calculators out there for free, and they'll even generate a chart for you so you can see what your annual perfections will be for each year coming up for, like, so many years ahead, like up until maybe, like, 80, 90 years old. (laughs) Um, And a person's time lord changes each year on their birthday and will move from sign to sign around their birth chart, showing each house in your chart being lit up or perfected and you can bet these themes show up that year. For example, if you're a newborn Cancer Rising, then your entire first year of life until you turn one, your Time Lord will be the moon. And all themes related to your first house, meaning related to you. And when you hit one years old, your annual, annual perfection will move into your second house, ruled by Leo in a whole sign house system. And the Time Lord will then become the sun. And this goes on and on for your entire life. And each year, a new house is activated or perfected, giving your life a specific focus. And your year has a new time lord or planet to rule that year. The first house activates every 12 years because there are 12 houses. So that happens when you're a newborn, 12 years old, 24, 36, and so on in multiples of 12. If you have a perfected year, which is poorly aspected, or it doesn't have any planets, you might feel those influences less strongly than, say, an annual perfection where the house it lands in lights up your sun, moon, Venus, Mars, uh, Saturn, Jupiter, and Mercury. I mean, those are major personal planets. At the same time, if your time lord is in a planet which features prominently in your chart, you might also feel that quite strongly. Uh, for example, I have both my sun and moon and Venus ruled signs. So if my time lord is Venus for a year, I might feel that much more strongly. Than something else that I don't have that many planets in, or many you know other yeah, other uh, uh, you know signs ruled by that planet. So for figuring out planetary rulership, you can use traditional planets which make the most sense in the context of this traditional technique. But you can also factor factor in the outer planets such as Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto as higher octanes or other influences of the signs they rule in modern astrology, which would be. Uh, Aquarius, Pisces, and Scorpio. So in the modern rulership, Uranus rules Aquarius. In the traditional, it's Saturn. And um, modern rulership of Pisces is Neptune, but the traditional rulership is Jupiter. And for Scorpio, the modern rulership is Pluto, but the traditional is Mars. So even though they're technically outer planets, when those planets are activated within your chart, they would also be more strongly felt than at other times. And for this technique, you also want to use whole sign houses, again, in your calculations, or it won't make sense. Um, Placidus and, like, quadrant-based houses can really fuck this entire thing up, and you'll have shit all over the place. So I'm just telling you ahead of time, if you want to do this, make sure that you're generating charts using the whole sign house system. Otherwise, like, it's going to be very confusing. And I promise you these concepts are pretty complex and confusing as is. The easiest one to approach if you are trying to learn any of these methods would be uh, generating a horary chart and trying to answer questions. Uh, that one is pretty fun. Um, doing your lots is very interesting, but I feel like understanding the meaning can be a little more complex and take more time to understand. And um, zodiacal releasing <laughs> is by far the most complex in my opinion. I, honestly, I am still learning it myself. Uh, annual perfections is the most approachable because there are calculators online that will help you to uh, generate charts for this and it's basically like a giant pie chart from 1 to 12 based on your, uh, your personal birth chart information and it will tell you what your time lord will be from like 1 to 90 years old and so it's very easy to approach. I mean, You might not understand everything that's in your birth chart, but you could look at it and understand the glyph that says, like, when you're age 23, that your time lord will be Venus, if that makes sense. And then you could look and see what you have Venus in, meaning what sign you have it in, uh, ruling your Venus, and really understand the themes of that and maybe what house it lands in. So... I hope you found this helpful. I know that these concepts can be a little difficult to grasp, but perhaps at least it can make you a little more familiar with them so that when maybe down the road, I decide to do whole episodes on these concepts, it's not the first time we've talked about it and maybe you've done a little bit of experimenting yourself and learn more about it because they're really interesting techniques that I think can actually add an entirely new layer to Uh, How we use astrology rather than just reading a birth chart or trying to understand transits and how they affect us. So, I hope you have found this enjoyable. I thought this would be a good episode for October given that it's Halloween month and spooky season. So, let me know. Be sure to hit me up um, on social media and follow me there for daily transit information and other kinds of uh, posts. I do like positive affirmations and all kinds of astrological information that can help you in daily life and quotes and things and obviously transits and full moon new moon reports and um, you can check me out on twitter at Astrow Podcast. instagram is probably my most active platform at uh, astrology witch podcast and second to that is facebook i have a page called the astrology witch podcast and i also have a facebook group called astrology witches where we talk about transits and how they're showing up in our lives And that's been really exciting to see grow um, and the community there become more active. So it's really exciting. I also have a Patreon where I share a lot of like spiritual witchcraft information alongside transits for the month and a lot more expanded for things like magical workings and how to use the planets within your lives to manifest things also spiritual path workings for the wheel of the year and i am also currently releasing zodiac themed path workings for all the signs of the zodiac as well on uh, one of the mid tiers so i hope you will check that out if you feel inclined and if you want to learn more about how to spiritually heal and transform your life using astrology then book a call with me the link's in the description um, and we can talk about my program Embracing the Sacred Soul Blueprint, which really helps spiritually-leaning astrology enthusiasts to heal and transform their lives by examining the most painful and difficult points in the chart and how they can empower us to live our best lives and overcome some of the things that might be holding us back and also to build ourselves up and live our best lives. So I hope to hear from you soon if you're interested. The links will all be in the description for social media for booking a call. Booking a call is free, by the way. I get a lot of like messages saying, "Is this gonna cost me money?" No, it's not like a, an, a it's not anything you have to pay for. Uh, if anything, it's just talking about your personal experiences and being open with me so that I can see if the program's a good fit for you. And sometimes it's not, and I'll let you know that. So it's a great thing to do if you're interested in the program. Okay, that's all for now. I hope you've enjoyed it.